Welcome to Lights in the Sky podcast episode 18. It's been so long. Uh, Chit chat about (laughs) paranormal hoopla. Yeah. Casual chat about uncasual hoopla. (laughs) Hoopla, yeah. (laughs) Should should that be our next Twitter poll about maybe changing? (laughs) Since the last one went so well. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) By the way. It's my job to do social media stuff half the time. Well, not half, but a little bit of the time. I think you do 125% of it. <laughs> and and uh, the that isn't how you run a Twitter poll anyway. <laughs> you, just, <laughs> you don't just say hashtag this. Um, anyway, um, do we have results for that? I'm pretty sure we, we do have results. I mean, there, there were some. Were there? Yeah. And, I did look. I wasn't sure. And to give this, um, uh, oh, I'm Luke, by the way. Oh, and the, the um, uh, Tony. Yeah. So uh, it's been about a month um, since we've recorded in the same room as each other. Been in the Stoots. And the Stoots for so long, eh? And I doubt you can tell. Um, things definitely haven't fallen apart on our end. Um, you, yeah, this episode's opened so smoothly, you wouldn't even know. Um, with Mr. Beat. Um, the last time we recorded together, we ran a Twitter poll around. <laughs> Do you remember what was around? It was um, hashtag it was magic, magic poo, poo yes, yes or magic poo no. Yeah, and <laughs> that was to do with how a, how a certain hypothetical worked. So one of the hypotheticals that was sent in was um, from a Twitter aficionado. Um, zero 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 antihero. He sent in the question: um, If you could nominate somebody to um, poo their pants upon dying, uh, upon your death, you choose someone else to poo their pants. Uh, <clears throat> what would that mean for the state of the world? <laughs> we got into arguing about whether that meant you had unlimited poos or whether you could just um, only poo if you had one in the chamber that's right yeah <laughs> and so i was under the impression that it was a magic poo you go as much as you like and that was hashtag magic poo yes you were of the opposite we could only poo if you had one in the chamber um and the results are in quite overwhelming weren't they they were i was overwhelmed well i, I was overwhelmed <laughs> Um, 100% of them were magic poo, yes. Yes. We can say that. <laughs> Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that went well. Um, moving on. <laughs> Should we do a Twitter poll if we're going to do a Twitter poll? No. No, we probably shouldn't. I don't think I'll Should we keep doing Twitter polls? Yeah, I think that yeah. was, given that there was such a high percentage of... of uh, it's hard to keep up with how many there were. That was the problem, I think. It is hard to find any <laughs> a definitive result. I'll, I'll give you that. But uh, Magic Poo, yes, one. Um, that means that you have to do a nudie run. So okay, we'll just leave that in our dust. Um, cool things have happened in the off-season. And I'm calling the off-season the last few weeks while um, we've both been... Going out, going about our separate business. Um, cool things like you did that thing with the wildlife, didn't you? What farming? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I just flicked a rubber band at you and missed, but um, I went to an egg show. 
An egg show? Agricultural show. Egg show, yep. Yep, as part of my job. But, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, you, for some reason, brought race into the reason why you didn't make your flight. No. Yeah, you did. <laughs> did not. What did you say? Couldn't get on the plane. Due to? Uh, the weight situation. <laughs> Whose weight? Uh, there were people waiting, and there was there were weighted issues, and um, yeah, I think people are waiting to hear more about this podcast and what's going on, so I think we should probably move on. Um, some of the other developments are, um, I can now play back audio, so if you have a hypothetical, it can be as easy as just whipping out your... Uh, oh, where are you going with this? <laughs> um, large, your large, medium, compact, whatever size it is. We don't judge on size. Here. No. No. Any sized mobile device that takes a voice memo, you can um, record some audio and send it to us <coughs> at lightsinthesky.podcast at gmail.com. We can play it back. If you'd prefer to tweet it in, then um, tweet it at LITS underscore podcast. And we're still looking at getting the facts set up, aren't we? <laughs> well, I have, facts a, if you look in the corner around there, there's actually a phone line. So we could plug it. Well, I could plug a fax in there. The fax is your responsibility. You've talked about the facts for how long now? Uh, always. <laughs> and how much closer are we to having a fax machine? Um, I went and looked at some the other day. <laughs> Not close. <laughs> I got a few business cards of a few sales reps. Um, so the other thing we thought would be kind of cool to reward our dear listeners is um, we will send stuff if you send us stuff. So not really like a pen pal, more if you send in a hypothetical or you have a story about an experience or something that's happened to you, um, you've seen something or mm. or anything like that. Maybe like erotic fan fiction involving us as well. Feel free to send anything. Yeah. And we'll, we'll <laughs> just be the judge of whether it makes it on. Um, so if you send us something, we'll send you a cool thing back. Um, so at the moment it's... Badges and stickers. We've got plenty of them. Badges from Ladges. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you've said that, so now do we have to explain what that no. means? No. <laughs> okay. Um, this is a teaser. It's a wee <laughs> Easter egg. All right. Um, so, so, yeah, not. send in your stuff, and we'll send you cool stuff back. And if we send you enough cool stuff back, and you start to collect stickers and start ripping the, ripping the podcast brand... Uh, we'll send you cool stuff. Mm. We're also stuff. we're also working on a line of hate stuff for people who send us hate mail. So yeah, yeah, keep that. We're just there's a bit of an, very much an R and D at the moment, but yeah. <laughs> um, if your hate mail gets uh, read out, then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll, we'll we send, still send you things. Yeah, we'll send you stuff. Hate yeah. mail. Yeah, hate we'll mail, you... and we'll send you something hateful. Yeah, or hate filled. I'm not sure whether hateful or hate filled. We'll, yeah, we'll get there. We could write a nasty message back. Yeah. In fact, do that. Do we have any reviews? <laughs> do we have any reviews on this podcast? I have no idea. You probably need listeners to review. Have you reviewed it? <laughs> I haven't reviewed it, no. Neither have I, so probably not. <laughs> um, so, the way the show works, if you're still sticking around, which, I mean, good on you. It's been so shambolic. I can't even believe what you've done to us, Tony, by missing your flight due to race reasons. Never apologizing. <laughs> Not, not apologizing for your racism, okay? No, racist. No, I never, I was never racist. This sounds, says a lot about you. Um, so, the way the show works is normally we start with a hypothetical um, question that I pose to Tony, never the other way around, and then one of us will 
um, enlighten you about a story, a experience, or something funky that's gone on in the world of paranorms. Mm. Uh, and then we finish with a segment called Get Me Some Strange, which is where we flick through um, the 1982 Reader's Digest edition of Mysteries of the Unexplained and read some little tidbits out of that. Now, if I believe, if I reach around... You reach... Yep, I can see you reaching around. What have I got here? You got it. Oh, you got, got it. it right on the spot. Oh. <laughs> There's the book. Okay. So we're all set. Um, I might jump into a hypothetical. Before you do that, what do you normally ask me? Uh, anything paranormal happened to you since the last time we recorded? Yes. No. I saw a light in the sky last night. Did you really? Yes. How typical is that that I didn't ask you? I knew, I knew you wouldn't <laughs> ask. Now, I think I have a conventional explanation for it. Okay. I can't be 100% sure, but um, so explanation goes, I was, um, I was about to leave work mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I saw that there were all these planes being diverted to Christchurch because of... Um, a lightning storm in Auckland. So I was like, yep. I'm going out to the airport. Yeah. So I went out, looked at, uh, watched all these big planes come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was standing there waiting. I had my flight radar app out on my phone. So I was watching all the lights, all the aircraft coming in and tracking them as they came around. Yeah. And I saw this one light moving across the sky from west to east. Mm-hmm. And it was quite high and it was tracking at a consistent pace. Yep. Um, and the sky had just kind of gone dark. It was kind of twilighty. There were no flashing strobe lights. It was just one standard beacon. Or it was one standard solid orangey yep. light moving yep. across the sky. Uh-huh. Um, so I took I took uh, some so I took, took some, some photos. photos. Yeah. Whoa, this um, is getting real. It, effect, effectively, they are just the photos are of a dot of a dot. Yep. Which you can see there. Whoa. It's definitely um, a dot. <laughs> and but you, definitely quite round. And if, and if you go to the next one, you can see a wee video. Oh yes, you see. A, oh, you can hear noises. Yeah, and it's quite hard to tell it's moving. Yeah, because it's um, <laughs> you could just be panning across a dot. Yeah. So there's a little flicker on it, but is that? You're saying there wasn't a flicker to the naked eye? Well, I couldn't see anything. when I, I, was, I couldn't see if it was a, a flicker, but it was definitely a light. It was definitely moving. It wasn't um, an aircraft because I had my flight radar app open. Mm-hmm. Um, Is there a potential it was light aircraft that didn't show up on your app? Um, it wasn't. It didn't have conventional aircraft beacons right. on it. So the only, only thoughts were this. As I What's show you this? that. That is the ISS. Yeah, ISS. And if you look at the track where it came, it came to the south of New Zealand. Yeah. wasn't close to me. I mean, this look, light looked much closer yeah. than it did at the bottom of the island. That was my only thought. It, may, it, I mean, it could have been the ISS. Yeah. But it was definitely something moving in the sky that wasn't a conventional aircraft. So it was moving um, in a consistent line, like consistent with ISS orbit? Um, it was moving in a consistent line. Yeah. Um, I don't look at look when you look at the line on that. What 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 you're looking at is the um, a screenshot I took of the ISS tracker website. Yeah. The just, orbital path. Yeah, just showing where it was where it had tracked across at that point, mm-hmm. and it was within proximity. Yeah. So my gut is it probably was the ISS, 
but, but we was, can't be sure. We can't be sure. And it was very bright because I have seen what I thought was the ISS before, yeah. and it wasn't that bright. But it was. Re- you can see from that, um, the video and the photo that that was taken. If that was taken off the ISS from the ground, that's pretty bright. Yeah, it was from a phone. Yeah, I see. Of a bright light. That's from yeah. <laughs> Cool. So I'm. It's like a I'm, real thing. I'm thinking it was the ISS, but I can't be sure. I'm obviously throwing the conventional explanation out there that it was the ISS. But, right. Uh, I'm just sending it to myself from your phone. Yeah. And I'll put it up later and might actually know it this time. Yeah. <laughs> you do like to say that. Yeah. <laughs> the follow through? Yeah. Well, sometimes it's because the book's here or something and I just don't. Text message failed to send. We'll figure it out later. It might not go up at all. <laughs> well, that's exciting. Because have I blocked you? See, I, I think um, in my entire life, I don't think I've seen a thing. Not, yeah. I mean, there was one time I thought I saw a thing, but it turned out that when I researched it, it was a um, star low in the atmosphere, which um, relative to the horizon, which makes it look like it's flickering. Um, but... Yeah, it just I just haven't seen a thing, so that's kind of exciting. It was. Do you know what's exciting about that? I saw it, and then yeah. it was like trekking across, and then I kind of got that feeling like, um, like I just, I just saw something moving. I was like, is that moving? No. Mm-hmm. I checked my flight radar app, and I was like, no, there's nothing around. Like, because often it can be a really like, because we do get there's a Qantas flight that flies from South America to Sydney that flies over the top here. Oh yeah, and you do see that, right? So that's often what I thought. But I thought, oh no, it's not the Qantas flight from Buenos Aires coming across. That would be or on Santiago, your app, or Santiago, not? sorry. Yeah, that would be on your. That app. would be on the app. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So, and what are the odds that it's the week that I didn't ask? <laughs> um i'm wondering if we um skip the hypothetical because i have potentially got a treat at the other side of my story okay all right um otherwise we'll run stupidly long and it was a made-up hypothetical because the treat was meant to happen at the top of the show it almost looks like the moon that we like when you zoom in like could have been like that but it's really bright anyway Mm. i've sent it to you now yeah beautiful um, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so into my story. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> the new nickname for each other. So this is one that when I researched it, I was, I'm pretty certain you're going to know about it because it's to do with aviation, it's to do with UFOs. Um, and Which it's, exactly my we <laughs> my own my own we tail there was. Um, so it's. Uh, also fairly close to home and that it happened from Melbourne. Hey, I just got a text from Tony. From Tony. So this is the disappearance of Frederick Valentich. I know it. You do know it? I do know it. Okay, well, feel free to chime in with facts because it's a shallow dive, as we do. Have you got the update on this one? No. Oh, maybe. Okay. You tell me. <laughs> and don't debunk it, for Christ's sake. Um, no, I think I do have the, the update on it. And, it, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Okay, so um, 20-year-old Frederick Valentich disappeared while on a 125-mile training flight in a Cessna 182L light aircraft over Bass Strait mm-hmm. in Australia on the evening of 21st of October 1978. Um, described as a flying saucer enthusiast, Valentich radioed Melbourne Air Traffic Control that evening to inform that he was being accompanied by an aircraft at about a thousand feet above him, 
and that his engine had been running roughly before finally reporting it's not an aircraft. Yes, that's a famous line of that. You should know. (laughs) There were belated reports of a UFO sighting in Australia on the night of the disappearance. However, Associated Press reported that the Department of Transport was sceptical a UFO was behind Valentich's disappearance, and that some of the the officials speculated that Valentich became disoriented and saw his own lights reflected in the water or lights from a nearby island while flying upside down. So just a background on Frederick himself. He had about 150 hours total flying time and held a class 4 instrument rating, which authorized him to fly at night, but only in visual meteorological conditions. Mm-hmm. So that means what? Can't use instruments. So he not, he's not qualified to fly um, using instruments. Oh yeah. So um, the norm would be that if you <coughs> can't see where you're going, you shouldn't be up there unless you've got unless you have an instrument rating. Yeah, right. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's like being on your restricted. You can't carry, fly after ten, and you can't carry passengers. <laughs> you yeah. can't carry passengers. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, so 150 total hours of flying time is not much either, right? It's tiny. Yeah, yeah. it's really low. So um, that flying time doesn't have to be done with someone else. No, so it doesn't have to be done with somebody else. So you have to get your, um, at least in New Zealand, you have to get your private pilot's license. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you can go you can go solo, get your private pilot's license, which mm. you get enough hours, and then you're free to go off and do what you want because you're no longer a trainee, but you're still building hours and you're still very much a, um, a young, inexperienced pilot. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> he twice applied to enlist in the... Royal Australian Air Force, but was rejected because of inadequate educational qualifications. He was a member of the Air Training Corps, determined to have a career in aviation. Valentich was studying part-time to become a commercial pilot, but had a poor achievement record, having twice failed all five commercial license exam subjects, and as, as recently as the previous month had failed three more commercial license subjects. Come on, Freddy. I mean, did he do anything right other than just get into the sky in a plane? <laughs> um, I reckon you'd be better than this guy at flying. You think so? Yeah, I reckon you'd you'd nail it. You've played that much flight simulator on your computer. <laughs> um, do you reckon... So the second most used or posited thing on my computer, yes. On... There you go. Yeah. Do you reckon um, if you... Um, transferred your knowledge into real time it would actually help like you've flown some decent commercial airliners on air, on flight simulator do you reckon you <laughs> could just so, jump sounds in sounds so horribly geeky <laughs> you have though I think I think what would happen is if you know if when people have thought of the um, like I'm like, like mum would say, oh, if, if we're on a plane and the pilot was incapacitated, <laughs> incapacitated, brilliant, <laughs> on the plane and the pilot was masturbating, <laughs> yeah, it'd be wonderful to step in <laughs> and, like, and, and do what with the pilot? No. <laughs> um, I think I would understand enough of the basics to... Um, to would you, Do you think if you... Uh, I mean, obviously when that happens, they... Um, try and talk you down right yeah if both pilots were taken out they would try and talk you down yeah i think i think if i mean i can look at an instrument inside the aircraft and i know where you know what i'm looking at what it means uh, mm-hmm. what sort of the sort of 
parameters around the setting should be mm. i'm by no means an expert at all but if it was the case no of, one's no one's if, saying you're an expert if it was the case the of roughly bringing something down i think you have a pretty good shot at it arrogant <laughs> um, walked into that one uh do you think though like normally they'd try and talk you down from air traffic control you reckon you could still do it if you had absolutely no comms absolutely no comms yeah um do you know your way around the cockpit i, I do the well? big, yeah I, I would yeah i know where everything is you know your way around a cockpit <laughs> we, we've you know de- how to we've handle de- a we've cockpit de- we've determined that i do <laughs> um yeah, I think the biggest thing for me would be just like as you... The pre- biggest thing in the cockpit... Yeah, would be as you prepare for landing, would be just configuring the aircraft correctly as you start to slow down. Yeah. Um, and just maintaining enough speed to keep airborne mm. without encroaching on a stall speed. So so the aircraft will show you where you're, where the line is on, um, and the, on the instrument panel as you're getting close to that stall speed. Mm-hmm. It would just be like, you know, maintaining direction control and airspeed as you come into land you sound like you know what you're talking about yeah. but that doesn't land planes <laughs> yeah. i think i could get it on the ground definitely <laughs> just how many pieces it would be in would be the question well i could do that yeah i think i could get it on I the ground it, but i might like it i might... could get it onto the ground real quick yeah. <laughs> like i could i could get that thing down <laughs> But again, how many pieces? I'm not sure. Yeah. If there's if it's sort of ten or less, I'd be happy. <laughs> you know, eleven or more, I'd be just set aside my performance. Performance. I think I'd give it a go. Give it a go. Yeah, I've done it on the. Um, I've I've been to one of those flights, big proper flight simulator places where you actually fly an aircraft. Mm. Um, in a, in a flight simulator. How'd you go? Nailed you have it. someone there telling you what to do, though, right? Um, they do, but I kind of knew what I was doing. Oh, he did. Yeah. He did. Yeah, right. He did. Okay. Um, so so far we've learned that old Freddie kind of sucks as a pilot. <laughs> you would do a better job. We've established. Yeah. Or at least you would talk about doing a better job. He had been involved in. Fl- <laughs> it just gets better. He had been involved in flying incidents. <laughs> for, for example, straying into a controlled zone in Sydney for which he received a warning and twice deliberately flied, flew into a cloud. I didn't realise that was illegal. Well, it would be if you haven't got your instrument rating. And you have you to could just visual. fly into something coming the other way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's a cowboy. Yes. Um, uh, but I, something about it I really like. Like, he's just like, yeah, I reckon I'd be good at it. <laughs> just does it. <laughs> it's great. Um for which prosecution was being considered. According to his father, Guido, Frederick was an ardent believer in UFOs and worried about attacks from UFOs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Um, Okay, so on the night of, Valentich radioed Melbourne Flight Services 7.06pm to report, report an unidentified aircraft was following him at 45,000 feet and was told there was no known traffic at that level. Valentich said he could see a large unknown aircraft which appeared to be illuminated by four bright landing lights. He was unable to confirm its type but said it had passed about 1,000 feet for overhead and was moving at high speed. Valentich then reported that the aircraft was approaching him from the east and said the other pilot might might be purposely toying with him. 
Valentich said the aircraft was orbiting above him and that it had a shiny metal surface and a green light on it. Valentich reported that he was experiencing engine problems. Asked to identify the aircraft, Valentich radioed, It isn't an aircraft. When his transmission was interrupted by unidentified noise described as being metallic scraping sounds before all contact was lost. Um, Scrolly, scrolly. Scrolly, scrolly. I think if I heard metallic scraping sounds, it'd be like when you run like fingers over that chalkboard and you get that shiver noise. That would not sit well with me. A sea and air search was undertaken that included ocean-going ship traffic and RAF Lockheed P3, RAAF Lockheed P3 Orion aircraft plus eight civilian aircraft. The search encompassed over a thousand square miles. Search efforts ceased on 25th of October 1978. A Department of Transport investigation into Valentich's disappearance was unable to determine the cause, but that it was presumed fatal for Valentich. Five years after the aircraft went missing, an engine cowl flap was found washed ashore on Flinders Island in, 19, in July 1983. The Bureau of Air Safety Investigation asked the Royal Australian Navy Research Lab about the likelihood that the cowl flap might have travelled to its ultimate position from the region where the aircraft had disappeared. The Bureau noted that the part had been identified as coming from a Cessna 182 aircraft between certain a certain range of serial numbers which included Valentich's aircraft. Anything to add there based on your knowledge? Um, so far, so good. <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, I think this iron's leaking. Oh, no, there's lots of water in it. <laughs> I don't think I drain the main vein. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think we're... I think all the gear's elevated. It was just my phone. <clears throat> all right. <clears throat> it has... been proposed that Valentich staged his own disappearance, even taking into account a trip of between 30 and 45 minutes to Cape Otway, the single-engine Cessna still had enough fuel to fly 800 kilometers. Despite ideal conditions, at no time was the aircraft plotted on radar, casting doubts as to whether it was ever near Cape Otway, and Melbourne police received reports of a light aircraft making a mysterious landing not far from Cape Otway at the same time as Valentich's disappearance. So the weird thing for me there is, to what end? Mm. Any thoughts on that? Why would he just go and land, and then what, hide his aircraft? Well, there was talk of the why you know just him wanting to disappear. Some of mm. the had some other theories on this, but I, I again I concur. I don't know why he wanted to disappear mm. unless he's like I'm a disappointing pilot. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> it might be that thing of like where he's told everyone he's going to be a pilot and then can't pass the exams and they all know it, so he wants to just bail. Yeah, <laughs> poor, poor Freddie. Like, I mean, it's quite a sad story. It really, really. is kind of sad. Can we get some like violin music in the background here? Nope. Another <laughs> pro- proposed explanation. I asked for one thing, one <laughs> freaking thing. Another proposed explanation is that Valentich became disorientated and w- disoriented or to- orientated. Um, disoriented, disorientated, disoriented, 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 and was flying upside down. What he thought he saw, if this were the case, would be his own aircraft lights reflected in the water. He would then have crashed into the water. How would you 
fly upside down and not know you're upside down very easily really yeah it is surely you if you're in surely your bourbon and coke spells <laughs> you would <laughs> i think i think if you're relaxing in business premiere you end up upside down yes <laughs> your bourbon and coke is going to spill okay um i think the this is kind of where this theory of what may have happened to him works in that he was pretty inexperienced and sounds like a pretty crappy pilot to be honest yeah. or he just you know yeah. hadn't had much training I, I don't mean to mock the dead <laughs> yeah you do you're a horrible person <laughs> so far proven to be a uh, yeah, really <clears throat> rank guy um but yeah it is pretty easy if you aren't an experienced flyer to get disorientated and end to the up point where you're inverted. upside down mm, really yeah, very much so how do you how do you not know you're upside down though um you just lose spatial uh awareness and orientation so you end up think you're flying straight and level but you're actually upside down and like the whole horizon might be blurred where the sea looks like the sky and yeah. you you get completely see i could lost. understand you know getting weird angles or what have you but like if this guy had a ponytail <laughs> and it was touching the ceiling like, yeah i think what happens is like that happens if you start to panic and you don't know where you are and was that mm. kind of like if you are in deep water and you don't know which way is up yeah it's all this i think i think it's quite it's it, it's very common in reading about um like lots of aircraft accidents is something mm. that i've been uh interested in again morbid but fine <laughs> <laughs> um that loss of awareness and so that's when you have to really rely on your instruments in that sort of situation and if you if he isn't instrument rated mm-hmm. um then yeah he just you may not it may not be second nature to go back to your instruments you may want to trust your instincts and your instincts can easily be wrong in those situations a 2013 review of the radio transcripts and other data by astronomer and retired u.s air force pilot james mcgaha and author joe nickel proposes that the inexperienced valentich was deceived by the illusion of a tilted horizon so that's kind of what you're talking about um earlier for which he attempted to compensate and inadvertently put his aircraft into a downward so-called graveyard spiral, which he initially mistook for simple orbiting of the aircraft. According to the authors, <clears throat> the g-forces of a tightening spiral would decrease fuel flow, resulting in the rough idling reported by the pilot. They also proposed that the apparently stationary overhead lights that Valentich reported uh, were probably the planets Venus, Mars, and Mercury, along with the bright star Antares, which would have behaved in a way consistent with the pilot's descriptions. Yeah, I always get a little bit dubious when it comes down to people mistaking planets for UFOs at close range. Like, yeah. I get the long range piece, Yeah, but close range? Yeah. Mm. This guy was saying that they looked like they were a thousand feet up. Yeah. Hmm. And, yeah, okay. Ufologists have speculated that. Ex- like, remember that time I was like, I was like getting in my car and I was like, oh, I can't get out of this car park because someone's parked behind me, and it was actually the planet Venus, you know. <laughs> and I called the um, police and the mall cops and everything, and they were like, oh, so you're looking at the planet Venus, uh, and I was like, oh. I do recall something like that, and it, it basically it turned out that the planet. Um, jupiter had parked too far out of their gap which meant venus, venus had, had to slid across that's yeah. exactly right yeah <laughs> it's just a domino effect and then venus leaked oil all over the car all over the f- car and oh it's a mess so this uh segment here talks about what ufologists speculate yeah 
and we've talked i think before what makes you a ufologist are we ufologists if it's just a made-up give it to yourself type term it's a made-up give it to yourself term i think my, my personal belief is you probably have to write a book we can write a book we write a book you can write a book right Children's now. book. What if, okay, you got to write a book or you've got to get Author a book? A book. <laughs> yeah. Book. See, we could send our podcast to someone on like Fiverr. There you go. That would make us your And they would transcribe yeah. it. Yeah. And give it back to us. And that would mean we're, po- yeah. we're you, you, we're your As you said, send our podcast, give them a, give someone a Fiverr. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's you what go. you said. Yeah. And yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, that would make us ufologists. Is this book important? It's getting wet. Uh, no. Good. Are these batteries important? They're getting wet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so ufologists, much like ourselves, have speculated well, that... proposed ufologists. <laughs> Can I get down on one knee and probably make it propose to <laughs> yeah. make you a ufologist? Is that how it works? I think it does. Then you, then you do me next. Ufologists, like we'll be, have speculated <laughs> that extraterrestrials are the... Is there, what's the term around, like, ghost then? Because a ufologist, there's got to be a name for a person interested in ghosts. Um, I'll search it. Like an apparitionist or something. <laughs> That's a-, a good one. It would be. Uh, yeah, I'm a ufologist and apparitionist. A poltergeist. Your typing's quite loud. Ufologists have speculated that feel self-conscious about my <laughs> that extraterrestrials either destroyed Valentich's aircraft or abducted him, asserting that some individuals reported seeing an erratically moving green light in the sky, and that he was in a steep dive at the time. Ufologists believe that these accounts are significant because of the green light mentioned in Valentich's radio transmissions. UFO group Ground Saucer Watch, brilliant based in phoenix arizona claims that the photos taken that day by plummet roy manifold show a fast moving object exiting the water near cape otway lighthouse though these pictures were not clear funnily enough (laughs) were not clear enough to identify the object ufo groups argue that they show a bona fide unknown flying object of moderate dimensions apparently surrounded by a cloud-like vapor slash exhaust residue I mean, of all the caveats you can have in a sentence, unknown flying object of moderate dimensions. What does that mean? Not big, not small compared to other unknown objects. Cool. Apparently surrounded by a cloud-like so you vapor confirmed, exhaust. So you effectively confirmed nothing was there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could well be. It could be a smudge on the camera lens. Uh, be is. it from me to... Um, call this one bs but bs <laughs> you're calling bs <laughs> i'm calling BS. bs i mean this is a paranormal podcast and i brought it up and as a as a soon to be ordained <laughs> ufologist doesn't mean you believe every report no it doesn't mean i think you debunk <laughs> maybe i'm a debunker oh so you. what do you think um i used to believe this with all my little heart um but in as as more's come out on this i have started to doubt is there more that's come out uh no what you sort of said is pretty much it that it's it's more and more likely that it was a uh, a controlled flight into terrain sort of situation disorientation lost control of the aircraft spatial disorientation all that sort of stuff right 
Uh, and yeah, it went for a, a, a dip in the in the bass straight, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just, I mean, I don't want to speak ill of Freddie. I'm, you know, I'm sure he's a lovely guy. I'm sure he is. But I, was. I, yeah, I don't think he's living on board a spaceship. <laughs> well, not anymore, no. This was ages ago. Oh, no, but he may have been up there and living for a wee while. Remember the story <laughs> the other week where the uh, the two guys, one went to, one was reincarnated and the other guy went to live on a spaceship? Yeah. Yeah, so not up there with Freddy. <laughs> Could well be. Um, that about brings me to the end of my story. Um not saying I fall either way on this one, but it's worth having a look at things, I think. I think this this deserves more investigation. There's mm-hmm. just there's lots of um, potentials here. Like, it's not, not uh, 100% sold on the fact that it wasn't something paranormal. Mm. Um, I think that's what, that's the, that's kind of the charm of it, is that it's, um, there's no definitive answer here. No, there's not. No, there's assumptions we can make based on his track record. Um, but, I mean, there's nothing to say that I mean, he had flown for 150 hours before this. When I like my like two of my big passions are uh, paranormal activity and mm-hmm. aviation, and this combines the two. And I've done a lot of, uh, read a lot, watched a lot of docos around um, air, air crash, air crashes, air crash investigation. That Mayday program, Mwah! that's a good show too. <laughs> Dip your wee toe into that one. Honestly, yeah. You find most of them on YouTube. I found, uh-huh. yeah, dodge. But um, yeah, when you combine inexperienced pilots alone in a challenging situation, yeah, very easy for something like this to happen. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So okay, we'll draw a line under that one, and I'll lead into uh-huh. where's your pen? The next uh, tidbit. Where's your pen? I brought. <laughs> Is a pen to draw a line under it. <laughs> okay. Um, Your next titbit. So the other thing I was going to introduce in this show, I said at the top of the show we have the ability to play back audio. Um, we also have the ability to um, accept phone calls um, via phone or Skype or Facebook or what have you. Um, so we're going to do one of those um, 1900 single lines. <laughs> we could. And, um, we could. Yeah, we want the girls are free, but the guys are going to charge you. <laughs> it always gets you like that. Um, no, I have a uh, an idea for a new segment. Um, so we have had 18 episodes now, and on every single one, I've asked you if you've had a paranormal experience since the last time we recorded. That's right. From memory, there's been two times. One was episode one, where something had happened to you years ago. You saw a light in the sky. Um, the other happened tonight. No, there were three. What was the other one? Uh, plane to nowhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the extremely explainable plane to nowhere. <laughs> uh, which was what again? A quick recap. Uh, the plane to nowhere was a, a, a flight that does not normally operate due to a charter, and it showed a flight map going from New Zealand to, um, I think, somewhere near the Great Lakes of the USA. Brilliant. And I thought it was a bit like uh, MH370, which went missing. <laughs> Did it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so the other thing I have brought to the party is um, I have a friend at work who it's very nice for you i'm very yeah. very pleased i made you're this fitting, one, you're, I made fitting this one in, friend. you're fitting in well young man i made this one friend jim <laughs> jim my friend jim just like on flight of the concords and 
Do you have other friends at work that listen to this podcast that will be offended that you know, you've said you have one friend at work? <laughs> oh, possibly. Oh. I have many friends at work, but I also have one friend at work. Yeah, that's fair enough. I'll give you that. <laughs> but the thing with Jim is that when I got to talking to him about paranormal, he has many stories and they happen very regularly. Um, so the segment I'm thinking we uh, we call Jim and Jim recounts what's happened since our last record. So these things happen so regularly that probably once a month we'll be able to ring him and he'll have something that's happened in that last month that um, is a little bit strange. Sometimes sometimes a little mundane but still unexplainable. We don't want to, we don't want to bore people. Yeah, but some of them are absolute doozies. So... I've messaged Jim, and um, I can try ringing him, and hopefully he can hear us, and then we can listen to Jim and talk to Jim. Here is a phone with Jim on. All he has to do is pick up. If he doesn't pick up... Hello, is that Jim? (laughs) What's up, Jim? Can you hear us all right? All right. You're a bit, you're a bit hollow. I've always thought that. <laughs> I'm here with Tony. This is getting some clicking and popping is, going on. In the are you making popcorn, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you are. <laughs> it's um, Friday night popcorn for dinner. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me just try and hold this and see if the clicking stops. So I was just explaining that, um, Jim, you are the most haunted guy I know. <laughs> yeah and um you also yeah let me try this see how clear this is talk jim hello <laughs> that, that might How's even it be going? it actually sounds better it doesn't sound like you're having like that popping candy anymore yeah. so. <laughs> um so i was just explaining to tony that um every so often we might ring you and see if the if you've got any stories um that are worthy of a, a casual paranormal chat Sometimes we'll ask for money, other things like that. So <laughs> this time no, we're, we're not asking no. for money, but maybe next time. I'll always hope the answer's no, but you never yeah. know. <laughs> um, so one thing... In the window of opportunity. So one thing that um, strikes me is that um, you listen to the podcast. Um, you, yep. you probably feel like you know Tony, <laughs> but, but Tony doesn't know you at all. <laughs> I, d- I do know the Tony. Yeah. <laughs> it's already going to be the Tony, which yeah. I do tend to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so um, you knew I was going to call you. Have you thought of a way to introduce yourself or anything like that? What? Um, I just, I'd, I guess what I was going to, or thinking of sort of saying anyway, was that um, while there seems to be a lot of stories, I'm one of those sorts of people that I try not, and really focus on not exaggerating anything because personally I like stuff that makes sense logically so I like just a nice honest um, equation of things I guess so that I can make up my own mind with things so whenever I tell these sorts of stories I'm always really really keen to just tell it exactly as I remember it as best I can without sort of fleshing it up but equally trying not to leave out anything that's important or make up 
people's minds for them. This is what I remember. This is how it happened. Um, think of that what you will. Because sometimes, like, some people, I guess, try and beef them up a bit. But equally, I find myself a lot of the time trying to explain them away as standard sort of things that you could explain by, you know, the little fella's not something or yeah. I didn't hear what I think I heard. So yeah, I so that's my line of thinking. That's kind of the problem with explaining it to someone like myself as I jump the other way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, just I thought maybe a good intro is maybe um, you said the other week, you said to be at work that you had um, recurring dreams. Do you yes, want to just um, yeah. do you want to just uh, recount what you were saying about these reoccurring dreams um, for the Tony? <laughs> yeah, totally can. What I will do is I'll, I there's one story I think I've told you Luke before, but you never know, so I tell it again anyway. But back at the, where it probably really starts is when I was a baby, so tiny little baby, and um, my dad was a fireman for. 30 odd years so um did night shift a lot mum home by herself mum's a pretty straight up sort of lady um typical kiwi honest and just calls a spade a spade um and she tells a story that because i was so young this is in the first six months of my life so tiny little baby um she's home alone so had the little um what do you call it bassinet in her room next to the bed let's, let's just and, before um, we go any further let's just say let's go congrats mum you know taking care little baby <laughs> A lot, of, lot of time by herself. Well done. Yeah. Is it Mother's Day yet? When's that? It should be. We'll replay this on Mother's Day. We'll replay this on Mother's Day. This will be a Mother's Day yeah. special. <laughs> so she's in bed, bassinet, sort of next to it, bottle of whiskey right there that she's drinking from heavily. Again, um, happy Mother's Day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she's got one of those old school sort of um, bedroom suites that's got the sort of six drawers three on each side and then the big sort of arced mirror above it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah i'm on sort of in front of that she falls asleep has no real recollection of time if she's sort of been asleep five minutes or two hours sort of things but she wakes to a funny feeling and sits up as she sits up she swears what she saw was what she called witch but an old old looking lady she said not a witch like from the wizard of oz with a big nose or anything but just a really old looking lady that was leaning out of the mirror and had picked me up out of the bassinet and was holding me at the time that what mum set up. The... Um, you you see, this is of... why we wanted Jim on. My friend Jim, the haunted she, one. Yeah. She, haunted Jim. <laughs> thing, right? So she, she screams, shrieks, whatever you want to call it, and gets a turn of the head and a startled look, at which time I'm dropped, not very far, because only just above the crib, but back into the bassinet and back out and gone. And that was that. That was the end of it. He says, like the whole thing was not very much, but yeah, she, this is what happened. She shrieked, gone, never to be seen of again. Never happened again, but something that stuck with her. Still talks about it. Exactly the same story. Really, really clear in her head. So, does she talk about any other stories of that nature, or is this the the one that sticks out? Just that's the only one. There's no no other experiences for her. No anything else. Just that one story you say you, you're quite a sort of logical wanting to rationalize this how did how does your mum how did your mum deal with this like does, does she what does she think it was did, does does she think she was just dreaming or does she think there was actually something really there in front of her she's at because we, we've talked about it a wee bit she's um she's adamant that she saw what she saw and she kind of thinks it never happened again i can't explain it in my head she kind of puts it away as that's what happened 
there's been nothing since. While it was really freaky, it hasn't really impacted her any more than it did that night, other than give her a really big fright at the time. So she just says, look, that's what I saw, that's what I think happened. Someone was trying to grab you, don't know what would have happened if I didn't wake up, but mm-hmm. I did, and that's that. The end. Um, so but, it wasn't the year, but it wasn't the end, was <laughs> but it? it wasn't it's, the end for Jim, was no. it? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, not for me, apparently. <laughs> um, so um, that maybe explains everything. How how big was the drop when <laughs> she dropped you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she was holding me by my feet. So it was first. Yeah. <laughs> Meters, yeah. <laughs> Meters. Um, yeah, so... Yeah. Um, that's just one example of the awesomeness that is the the content mind that is Jim. Um, <laughs> um, what was the one you were telling me the other day about the recurring dreams? So that one, I remember you explaining to me, because you haven't, this isn't one, the difference between this one and the one you just told is that you're not hearing it third hand. So the way you explained it to me, you very much just listed facts of what you know had happened. So go ahead and list those facts and we can draw our own conclusions as to what we think maybe happened. Yep, so years ago now, so years and years ago, I had a series of dreams which was almost nightly for a little while um, and then, you know, a little less frequently but still frequently disappeared for um, years and years. So what happened in that dream? It was like I was in a house, didn't recognise the house, but the, the mainstay of the dream was basically I was being chased by this female ghost and I would try and run from it um, and I got that feeling you know where you, you you're in a dream and you try and run but you just can't run it's like your legs are really really heavy or you're in quicksand yeah. or something so yes. I would run I would run but I wasn't really getting anywhere and the dream would always end with the feeling of something passing through me so sort of a you know I was, I was kind of semi-conscious I know that sounds funny but I'm in a dream, I'm asleep, but I'm kind of aware of what's going on. I'm aware I'm in a dream, and it finishes with this sort of whooshing through me, and I wake up with sort of a, like you're in hanging think, here, yeah, like and uh, be awake and yeah. sit up. Yeah, so one of those yeah, kind of startled, a, um, startle awake type things. Yeah, um, kind of a startled awake, but making like I'm making that sort of in-breathing noise as I'm getting this rush in the dream through me. So the kind of the feeling goes with the waking up and the breathing. It's... Yeah, it got to the point where, because it was so frequent and recurring, when the dream was happening, I was conscious of it, so I kind of knew what was happening. It used to really freak me out, but yeah. by the end of it, I'd kind of lost the fear aspect because I knew what would happen, and I was almost in the dream getting a little bit shitty with the thing going, look, piss off, leave me alone, let me wake up so this is <laughs> over and yeah. I can go back to sleep. So, so that's how that was, and then I haven't had it for years and years and years and years, and I kind of thought, well... You know, you're trying to apply some thinking to it and think maybe I wasn't quite as happy in life then as I was now. So I really settled with a family and wee fella and happy life, no bad dreams sort of thing. But mm-hmm. I've had them twice randomly and I haven't had it probably in the last week or so, but in the last three or four weeks I had it twice. Yeah. Um, and what was really funny was when I woke up, so I sleep in my bed, bedside cabinet next to my bed, Night stand. An iPhone. iPhone on the charger. You know, yeah. pretty standard setup. Um, but when I woke up from both of these dreams, the cell phone next to my bed, which was charging, had no battery life. So it wasn't off, but it was sort of below 10% both times. And I'm waking up at 
sort of about three, four in the morning from this dream where the phone should be 100% and notice both times battery was pretty much flat as I woke up. Was that wee like lightning bolt charging icon on it or was it just like nothing there like showing it was plugged in? No, so from what I can remember still sort of startled from the thing but charging but nine, I specifically like, remember one time it was 9% wow. but with the little lightning bolt next to it. And did you say um, that the phone vibrated once you woke up? Is that what you said the other day? I did. Yeah, I did get that. Yeah. So that's kind of like wasn't you know wasn't charging, but was charging without me touching it. It's right. Really sort of yeah, really strange, but that's what happened. <laughs> awesome. But, what but, but again, the two the two times I had the dream, recognised the dream straight away, knew what was happening. No real fear of the dream because hey, you're familiar, old friend. Um, but yeah, the the phone thing was a little bit different. Didn't have a cell phone all those years ago, though, to know whether that happened or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thoughts, Tony? Um, I, I had an issue this week where my phone wasn't uh, charging when I was asleep, but uh, I think my charger's broken. Because <laughs> I, I plugged in the charger in and it worked. So Yeah. This uh, is the sort of place that Jim likes to go, whereas uh, I like to go the other way where you... Um, you talk about uh, hauntings and paranormal and ghosts and things, and one of the common tropes is that there's energy sapping. So yeah. um, devices run low battery, things just stop working. Um, things will have full battery, then you get into these places and they're just completely drained. Um, so that's where I went. Would be consistent with those kinds of kinds of stories. And I'm a bit of a process of elimination guy too, so I've tried. You know, wiggling with the with the charger, um, playing with it at the socket, how it plugs into the phone, but charges every time. I've tried charging the phone at work on a different charger, works every time. So there's nothing wrong with the the charging ability of the phone itself or the charger that's plugged into the wall. Best I can see, it's just those two times waking up from the dream twice. Pretty cool. It is. It's pretty cool, but pretty terrifying. And mm, that's cool for us. It's yeah, oh yeah, it sucks to us. be Jim. Absolutely sucks to be Jim. <laughs> We're not Jim, no. <laughs> it's one of those funny things. I like, and you know, and I'm hearing stories of this sort of thing before. Is for the majority of things that happen, I never really feel frightened. It doesn't feel like something that's out to get me or, you know, evil or. Mm. anything nasty just something that's happening and a lot of the time i'm now kind of aware of so just roll with it and think oh shit that was a bit bit different Mm -hmm. um i know there's plenty more stories but we might leave it at those two absolute doozies for now and we'll check back in in a couple of weeks um and i'll probably see you at work on monday to be honest Um, <laughs> yeah, hopefully for your sake, we're only recounting your old ones and then we never hear from you again, apart from what work, obviously. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if we never hear from Jim again after this call and you don't see me on Monday, then that will make a good sort of tale as well to wrap this up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What if this is the last we ever hear from Jim, work or otherwise? I love the, I love the way you can make things so positively. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jim, thanks for that. Um, we'll be in touch. No in, worries. In the new segment, we're going to call The Most Haunted Guy I Know. Great you... name. So creative, you yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Catch ya. Nice. Thanks, Jim. Thanks. See you, guys. Bye. Later. Bye. So that was my haunted friend, Jim. 
he's quite haunted. He's quite haunted. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, mean, I did like how the, he had the powerful female ghoul role model, though, in his, um, in his life. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It was all female ghosts, yeah. you know. All female and he, ghost you know, had the you know the lovely tale about his mum and the female ghost. So and he was said he was happy with his life and wife. Feminist, right? He's a feminist. Yeah. He, I think, I think maybe he used to be female. Right, so the the most haunted feminist I know could be the title, maybe. I think that's what we're going to go with. I think that's what we call it. My friend Jim, the most haunted feminist I know. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. See you Monday. Because <laughs> I know he's got to listen and love this. We're listening back to this, yeah. Oh, we had a guest. Yeah, we had a, that was our first guest. Oh, I was the first guest when you called me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so who gets who some strange to finish up? I'm getting you strange. We've got a long episode going on. You're getting me some strange. Um, Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. So get me some strange. <laughs> okay. Hurry up and get me some strange. I'm worried about the water coming out of that iron. I you really, are? I really need to empty it next time. Yeah, you do. No, I'll, we'll, ha- we'll have a mic stand by then. You think so? <laughs> yeah. I've got it at my house. I just didn't bring it. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, the iron will do. But then it turns into... Every now and again, I just see a little bit of water just leave out the bottom of it. And I'm like, oh, sure. <laughs> no, everything's elevated. It's quite totally safe. I moved my phone, which was the only thing in the, in the water zone. Okay. All right. So this is the segment of the show entitled Mysteries of the Unexplained. Do you want to start the music? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, boop. <laughs> oh no! I, 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 we can actually. I press. The, I press. I press stop. We can actually <laughs> put the music in live next time. Should we do it next time? Okay. Live. That was my idea. Um, oh, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um. I'll press play now. Play. Is All right. It? So this is the segment of the show entitled "Mysteries of the Unexplained," where we take the 1982 Reader's Digest version of "Mysteries of the Unexplained," where. We flick through a random page, um, Tony will flick, I will say stop, and Tony will read me a tidbit of strange. Okay, I am ready to flick away. Stop. Quite a long flick that time. Ah, we've opened opened on the the title page of the section. What's the title page? Unearthly Fates. <laughs> like a Christmas country fate, I believe. Alright. Is there any nice bite-sized to end the show on? Mysteries of the Unexplained. He are changing pages. What's going yeah, on? because um, I'm just trying to find a bitey. <laughs> um, okay, because you can open on the title page. So I feel if I open the title page, I can now. You you're you've brought in a new rule where you're exactly. allowed to go to any segment oh, with any, any tidbit page inside within that. that segment. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, Hit so, it. So okay, I'm going to go to this one because um, I like the picture above it. Oh no, that's not that story. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should I try going to this find one? the story that relates to the picture? Okay, I like this one because the name is funny. Okay, what's the name? Um, Eugene. On a, on a cold January morning in 1932 in Bladenboro, North Carolina, mm-hmm. like that, the cotton dress of Mrs. Charles Williamson suddenly flared into flames. I see this is spontaneous human combustion. Mm-hmm. 
She was not st standing near any kind of fire, and her dress had not been in contact with cleaning fluid or any other flammable substance. Her husband and daughter tore off the flaming dress. Oh, I told you, husband. Whoa. Woo! <laughs> Jim would not approve of he this. He would not. Jim no. being a feminist and all. He is. <laughs> Sorry, Jim, you had to hear that. <laughs> Her husband and daughter tore off the flaming dress with their bare hands, much to Jim's disdain. <laughs> Remarkably, not one of the three had even slightly been burned. Soon after this, a pair of Mr. Williamson's pants hanging in a closet burst into flames. Then a bed caught fire. That sounds like a like a um, like a primary school play, Mr. Williamson's pants. pants. <laughs> then a bed caught fire, as did the curtains in an unoccupied room. What? Various articles in the house were found burning with bluish jet-like flames, but oddly enough, adjacent objects were never affected. There was no smoke or smell associated with the flames, which could not be extinguished. They just vanished after the attacked object was totally consumed. The authorities were called in, because why? <laughs> but, the, but the arson experts, police, and special investigators from the gas and electric companies were at a total loss to explain the erratic fires. On the fifth day, oh, this obviously carried on for ages, Jeez. the fires suddenly stopped. A newspaper report stated, The fire started, burned out, and vanished as mysteriously as if guided by invisible hands. There has been no logical explanation. And that was Tony closing the book on this episode. He did it quietly this time because he knows that Luke gets annoyed when he slams it really loud. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how would you sum up this episode? This has been real groundbreaking, hasn't it? Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's there's new tech. There's a new uh, feminist. There's, there's new water spill from the iron on the ironing board. Yep. There's... New we should probably free stuff to we give should, away. We should probably dedicate this episode to the iron because it might be the last time we use it as a mic stand holder. That's a good point. And what did it do? It pissed all over the ironing board. <laughs> <laughs> Deserved it. Yeah. You can tell um, it's getting old. It can't control its water. It is, yeah, it needs one of those depends things on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, we saw some more trickle out. There. <laughs> all right. So um, that has been another episode yeah, of I Lights think, in the Sky. I think I think we made up for the fact that we've been a bit tardy with episodes recently by giving... Uh, well, that's the thing. We haven't been too tardy. We missed one week. Yeah. And it was your fault. And then we did another um, phony one in, we which I also in. blame you for as well. Yeah, I, did, I wouldn't I did, blame I myself. I must say so that I, I, heard, I? I heard when the bits that I wasn't able to comment on that you did by yourself, there's a lot of blame passed my <laughs> direction. And there was no rebuttal offered on my part. I couldn't... Yeah, very and little with the, On that note... Oh, you're going to shut me down again, are you? <laughs> on that note, uh, we'll apologise on Tony's behalf because he's clearly not going to. Um, send in your hypothetical questions for Tony. Send in your stories. Um, uh, hit us up on Twitter or on the Gmails or go to lightsintheskypodcast.com and there's another Submit Your Stories form yeah. on there as well thanks sort of thanks to uh, jim for opening our eyes about the paranormal and feminism and um for the iron for holding the mic <laughs> anyone who submits uh any one of those things we will send you some stuff and the more stuff we send you the better it gets and remember your hate mail remember to send us your hate mail because yep. we're just working on what the hate mail gift will be too yeah on that note um catch you next week yeah toodaloo